It's that time once again to open up the Peacock and Williamson weekly mailbag. We've got a question on what the heck the Rams are doing down there in Los Angeles. And when is the right time to invest franchise money on a quarterback? All coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. That's where most of these questions came from on Twitter. You can hit us up on the YouTube comments as well to get involved with our Thursday mailbag episodes as we get ready for the 2023 NFL season. And we appreciate everybody making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you are subscribed up on that YouTube channel and everywhere you get your podcasts. All right. Uh, this is, uh, this is a, a question, Matt, that we get different ideas about different quarterbacks and, and mm-hmm. questions like this. And so we're going to kind of encompass these all together about team building. And, and that we talk a lot about team building here on this podcast. When is the right time to invest franchise money on a quarterback, that big money? Where does that quarterback need to be for you, Matt, if you are the owner of a franchise and, and you're signing the checks and you say, yep, this is the guy – that we're going over the top with, and we are getting married. We are walking down the aisle to the tune of $40-plus million per year. Yeah, I've given this a lot of thought, and it also applies to a question we got about Tua versus Herbert as well. We'll get to later in the show. But it applies – I've been giving a lot of thought the last couple of days for two reasons. And Mike Sando's quarterback tears came out. Go back and check, and check that out. We did a show all about it. And I think that's a good way to lump these guys in. And, of course, I've brought that up concerning Kenny Pickett. I'm sitting here with my Steelers gear on. I'm going to go down to watch practice as soon as we hit the stop recording button. So Pickett, to me, is like the perfect example. Or Daniel Jones a year ago. And here's the way I'm starting to look at it. And this isn't cut and dry gospel. I mean, but if you have a tier one quarterback on his rookie deal and it's time to pay him or not, you basically just give him a blank check and you do a jig and you say, thank you very much. We're lucky. We got Josh Allen. We got a Superman. We got a superhero. Burrow and Herbert qualify for me. You know, like you got one of those guys. You're one of the lucky squads out there. There's probably five of them at any given time. You're sure you should be a contender during the duration of that contract. Now, if you're a true tier two guy like Dak, Dak to me is a really good quarterback. He's a tier two player. I think you pay him too, but it's a little bit more negotiating, maybe lumping the money in different spots a little bit. Maybe there's some incentives in there or something along that those lines. But all in all, you're pretty happy. Like, again, if Kenny Pickett or Brock Purdy or whoever um, is a tier two guy when it's time to pay him or not, you get the deal done. You know, you don't go fish. You don't, you know, go back into the well. Now, if you're pretty certain that this player is a tier three player, I think you have to move on. You know, I mean, maybe you trade him for picks. Maybe you just let him walk and use that cap money somewhere else and get a big, get a comp pick back. 
You probably could trade that guy to a desperate team. But if Kenny Pickett's a true number, a tier three guy in what, two years or whatever, I'm not happy with that. I don't think I can win enough with it. I can win with it on a rookie deal. I can't win with it on the next deal. But where it gets foggy, and I think Daniel Jones sort of applies here, is if you use this parameter, I think the Giants said Daniel Jones is a four or three, but he's really pushing towards a two, which I think, BP, you and I disagree with. I don't think he's even resembling a two, but the way they paid him makes me think that he could be a two. And that's where mistakes are made. You know, like, again, pick the perfect example. If you got a couple of years in the books, it gets better every year. You love the kid. You know, teammates love him. And you think he's about to be a two. Then I think you probably pay him. But maybe with some outs. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Having outs is huge. Having contingencies, um, you know, shorter term instead of longer term. The, the way I look at it, too, and I don't know what it was what was happening with Daniel Jones, but mm-hmm. um, to me, that's uh, if the, the league will tell you. And so if you think he's probably a three, but maybe he could push to a two teams will be calling saying, oh, we think this guy's going to be a two. Let's mm-hmm. trade for him. Right. Uh, tag and trade type of situation could have been on the table if you could have figured out the Barkley thing instead. Uh, and of tagging him for the Giants. Um, and so they, they had an interesting situation where they had to go straight to the deal because they wanted to tag Barkley instead. And then there's also the, oh, he's already our quarterback, so we're going to stick with him. We And it's, 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 it's easy for us to say, oh, you just move on from Daniel Jones, right? And if a team's willing to pay him two money, you let them pay the two money, or you make them come to you and trade for him. Now you go back for another two things for right right right. um but when you actually are doing it and you have the player it's really hard like it's hard to break up with your girlfriend right and so Mm -hmm. sometimes you just stick together because it's harder to break up than this than to stay together and staying together is easier and so you figure it out and you make it work and then see what happens and so i think that's what happens a lot of times is in a vacuum uh and i think most other teams when they looked at the giants they would have said yeah i don't know if i would have locked myself to uh, to Daniel Jones and the contract maybe doesn't look as bad as what you think of a $40 million contract per year is. Uh, so they did give themselves a little bit of wiggle room there. And if you can fit it in and it's not going to hurt you, then you can kind of wait and see on that. And that's fine too. And you're mm-hmm. building something, you're trying to win football games and uh, you know, fans don't get fired, but coaches and GMs do. So uh, it's a lot easier to limp things along, but I think that's where that line is, is somewhere above Daniel Jones where I, you know, I just wouldn't have, I wouldn't have paid him. He would, he's not the guy that I would have paid. I, and there's nothing that I saw from him throughout his career. And if Brian Dable is that good, go get a better quarterback than coach him up. And now where are you going to be? Right. And so that mm-hmm. right, right. I would have kind of uh, gone a different direction if I was the, the New York giants there. Um, and then, yeah. You trust Dable and you say, go, go sign Deandre Hopkins and trade for AJ Brown, you know, Right, and, or trade for, uh, I mean, trade for uh, Zach Wilson or Trey Lance. Or right, 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 right. You know, um, someone with that much talent that you don't have to pay $40 million per year right mm-hmm. now and see if you can do the same thing again. Like, Trey Lance is a perfect example. Okay, athletic quarterback, more physically gifted even. You could have traded for him. You, you could have traded away Daniel Jones. Now you're saving $20 million per year. 
And you just keep going back to the well in the draft. I mean, yeah, and you have a young and just keep going and keep hitting that, you know, like draft Willis, then Levis, you know, kind of like what right. the Titans did, you know, keep going to that well when you don't have your guy. So it's, I'm not picking on Daniel Jones, but you're right. That was a four year, $160 million uh, contract. And next year it's a $45 million cap hit, you know, in 2026, it's over 56 million of a cap hit. And you can start getting out of it like a four year deal. You can start getting out of it maybe year three, but for the first two Mm -hmm. years, you're locked in. Right, 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 right. You're you're right. There is a potential out after the first two years, but he's going to be a $45 million cap hit no matter what next year. And a good example, and I know that he's had a strange career, but I do think you will see more Geno Smith like contracts. He signed a three year, $75 million deal. And there's an out after this year. I can live with him while I keep drafting Malik Willis and Ritter and how, you know what I mean? Like the next versions of those guys or Pickett or Lawrence or, you know, the dude, Caleb Williams or whoever. I just think that paying a three to money is where mistakes are made. You know what I mean? So here's the other aspect of it. You're the New York Giants. You're in the NFC East. You're looking up at two better football teams than you. Mm-hmm. Daniel Jones going to elevate your team past those guys, or are you locking yourself into that QB purgatory? Oh, we're going to be the 17th team every year. And that's not enough to go get a new quarterback. That's better either. We, so you're not right. gonna be good enough to be a perennial playoff team, knock those teams off. You're not gonna be bad enough to go draft the top talents. Exactly. And QB purgatory is a great term because I don't think, the Steelers with Pickett are in QB purgatory, even if he's a three for his whole career. But the second you pay him, you are. You know what I mean? Like exactly. rookie contracts are fine. Now you don't have Cam Hayward and, you know, you can't keep Pickens or whoever turns into a star two years down the road. Because, and that's the thing know. with rookie quarterbacks. Is you have four yeah. or five years to figure it out. If you right. haven't figured it out in five years, I think that's the sign. You probably right? answered the question. Got to be year two by that. Let somebody else try to develop a guy who knows if he becomes, you know, are the jets upset that they let Geno Smith walk? Because when he's in his thirties, he became good with the Seattle Seahawks, you know, probably not. Yeah. Okay. No, you're right. Right. I mean, he's uh, a, he's a strange exception. I mean, he yes. had a weird career. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tua versus Herbert is uh, a really interesting one. We've got a question there mm-hmm. about those two quarterbacks and it ties into this conversation about getting paid and not one of them has gotten paid. The other not next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have the access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. I mean, whether you are a small business and you have two employees or you are an NFL team, you need to find the right people in the right spots. They have the right talents for you. And you don't want to overpay that tier three employee. If there you really you need a tier nice. one or tier two employee. That is so, so well done, BP. <laughs> LinkedIn job <laughs> helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. All you do is you add your job to your purple hashtag hiring frame to your own LinkedIn profile. And it spreads the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. So you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs. Number one, delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. 
Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. All right. We have a question here from, let me, let me dial it up here. Uh, this is from, and clearly this is a, a Tua fan, a Miami Dolphins mm-hmm. fan. Uh, if I can find it, this is from Dave. And he says, if you accept Tua is better as a better quarterback than Herbert by the end of this season, will you ship me a box of built bars to the UK? <laughs> uh, yes. And I love that question. And yes, Dave, I, <laughs> I will absolutely send you a box of built bars to the UK. If uh, whatever that UK shipping is, if Tua is a better quarterback than Herbert, because the, you know, the league has told us like we just, we just mentioned Herbert 52 million per year. Was it five years? $260 million contract. And with Tua, not only is it a, a talent thing and a performance thing that Herbert has been better so far throughout his career, but then there's the health thing on top of it. Um, so look, the Miami Dolphins could have a better season than the Los Angeles Chargers. That's not going to get you a box of built bars. You know, nope. is, is Tua a better quarterback than Justin Herbert? Uh, it, it would be tough for me to see a scenario when that is the case after this year. But I, I would want a follow-up question is why do you think that would happen that Tua's is, is are people sleeping that hard on Tua or is Justin Herbert just overrated? And I, and I have heard the term, the Herbert is overrated argument before. And I think it happens. I think a lot of it is down to team success. And that's, you know, that's somewhat fair because that's how quarterbacks are evaluated in the NFL. Yeah, I think that's a big thing with Herbert. And, and even reading like Sando's write-ups on Herbert was like, well, let's see him win. Let's see him win. You know, you know what I mean? Like, don't blow the lead in Jacksonville. You know, was that his fault entirely? Of course not. But it doesn't reflect well on anyone in the organization, especially a quarterback, a head coach. Um, perfect draft year to have the conversation we started for the show because Hertz was a massive unknown one year ago. Did so much in this past year that, oh, he's our guy. Pay him. Great. Burrow, he's injured at the moment, but he's going to get paid at least what Herbert did. Easy one. He was what, two or three. In, in the, he was a tier one guy. Herbert's a fringe tier one, tier two guy. I think he's clearly a one. If we were drafting quarterbacks, I might take four guys ahead of him. That's it. So I'm paying him gladly doing cartwheels in the process, you know, yeah. just because I, I have him. You have him at the end of tier one. I have him at the beginning of tier two for Herbert. Okay. For the, yeah. The Which is where he had landed. Yeah. And, and and two is a full tier below that. He's the, either the right. end of tier two or the he's he's the beginning of tier three. Probably is where he is. Mm-hmm. So two things, a couple things on Tua, and I think we know his strengths and weaknesses at this point. Obviously, durability is your biggest concern. You know, staying power. But those top guys to me can fit any system, and you don't have to bend over backwards in terms of fitting this square peg into a square hole. But still, I mean, clearly Andy Reid's offense is different with Pat Mahomes than Alex Smith. I mean, everyone is a system quarterback. Brady, Manning, they're all system quarterbacks. And if system doesn't match quarterback, no matter how talented you are, you're not getting the most out of the player. But I think, for example, if you asked Tua to do Herbert stuff and you asked Herbert to do Tua stuff, it would go much better for Herbert than Tua. But I also think Tua and McDaniel in Miami 
are extremely good matches, you know? And so that's, I mean, this is a compliment. It's almost like, oh, he's a possession receiver. He stinks. No, he moves chains time and time again. No, he's a system quarterback. He's in the right spot. Brady was in the right spot with Belichick. Two is very twitchy. Gets the ball out on time. Gets him over the middle to those great weapons so they can excel after the catch. To me, after the catch is as much of a quarterback stat as it is a receiver stat. And Tua's great about that. Like, he's in a really, really good situation. So, for the Dolphins, which is all that matters, you know, we're not judging him for the Raiders or the Saskatchewan Rough Riders or whatever. I only care about for the Dolphins is right now I see Tua as the perfect tier three guy, but I could be convinced he's a tier two DAC level player for that offense, and then you pay him. I don't know that I'll, I'm going to have a hard time being convinced he's better than Herbert in August of next year. Though, yeah, it, it would it would be better than you know he would have to take a big leap forward and just be dealing this year and Herbert mm-hmm. falling his face kind of. Right, kind that's of, the part I don't see is the is the Herbert falling the face part. I, I want to go to Stephen who chimed in on on this idea of Herbert um, in, in the pro Herbert side of things on uh, on YouTube. He says. I think Herbert is clearly tier one and can be argued over Burrow or Allen behind Mahomes. He says, let me ask this. If last season Chase missed half the year, Higgins missed half the year, Boyd missed half the year, the old line was decimated with injury, yeah. and the defense lost the three best players. Not only that, Burrow broke his own ribs early in the season. Do we believe he's winning anything? That's exactly what Herbert had to deal with, but people want to discredit him for not winning. Great point. I mean, that's slightly why I, I know this isn't what the, was asked. That's slightly why I like Allen more than Burrow because Allen had a really bad elbow injury and he didn't have the Higgins. You know, he has the chase, he has the digs, but he didn't have the Higgins and even as good of an offensive line. And he performed as well or better than Burrow, probably about the same. So back to the Bill Bar question. I think Tua could absolutely take a big step forward, score a ton of fantasy points, lead his team deep into the playoffs, get a huge contract, be a success story. But I have a hard time saying Herbert's going to go backwards. I think there's a better chance Herbert challenges for the or takes over the number two spot rather than him being backwards. Right. And both those quarterbacks dealt with injuries last year. Mm -hmm. Herbert had a, rib injury played through it and he, and he still had you know crazy numbers he still yeah. uh had 4700 passing yards 68 percent completion last year so he had a really good season statistically um and his team won 10 games they're just in a tough division as well so uh, he still didn't have a bad year at all and herbert's worst statistical season 66 percent completion 4300 passing yards 31 touchdowns to 10 interceptions as a rookie he was rookie of the year that still dwarfs the best year, which was last year for Tua, who was you know still under sixty five percent, thirty five hundred passing yards, you know twenty five to eight touchdown to interception with with all the weapons they had and, and uh, clearly a better coordinated offense in Miami. Oh, yeah. So even with more help and you know I know Tua dealt with the injury stuff, but um, and was good and and this isn't to badmouth Tua, but I just think there's a clear tier between the guys. Me too, me too. Talent and wise, Dave also the other right. thing with Dave. Is if, if we turned it around and we said, okay, well, if 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 Herbert's still better than Tua, 
at the end of the year, then will you send us a box of, uh, I don't know, whatever from the UK? He might not take <laughs> that because it's pretty one-sided. It's easy for him to say oh, that. Sure. Still, he, I, think, I think Dave in his heart knows it's unlikely, but I think it's his way of saying Herbert's overrated, two is underrated. Um, and, you know, I, I like this argument from both sides of the Tua Herbert thing, and it's interesting they were drafted together in 2020. Now Herbert's been paid, and, and Tua has that opportunity to show he's the guy, stay healthy this year, and he'll get paid too. Yeah, and Miami didn't have a shot at Burrow. They passed on Herbert, just to recall, you know, make everyone right. remember yes. that. Yeah, well, that, last, was the, that was the tank for Tua year. Tua, right. that whole right. year, it was like, okay, teams are going to tank to go get number one. Uh, and and instead, Miami ended up getting him at number five. Yeah, and Burrow comes out of nowhere. Right. And lastly, too, I mean, I know too, uh, you know, Armstead wasn't healthy the whole year too, but they lost Rashawn Slater. I think they got zero snaps out of him. And to me, he's top four or five left tackle too. Like that was the one thing that the the email or the uh, YouTuber just didn't mention too. It was another huge hardship to get over. What the heck, Matt? Are the Los Angeles Rams doing this season and more questions from the Peacock and Williamson mailbag next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. August is here, and you know what that means. The official start of Fantasy Football Drafting Month. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on Underdog Fantasy. And Matt, uh, if I'm not mistaken, you're already knee-deep in those best ball leagues on Underdog. Oh, big time. I'm loving them. I have probably been in a dozen so far. Different. There's all kinds of different varieties. You know, you can go for the big money. You can get in like 12 team leagues that are only 10 bucks. I like doing that. And frankly, I'm in the middle of three slow drafts right now. And about every hour or so, I get a notification on my phone. Hmm, who do I get to pick now? Yeah, it's fun. Uh, no better right way to get for the season than best ball drafts. And you get to go back and check on these best ball drafts because what the best ball is is uh, all you do is you do one live snake draft, no waivers, no trades. You don't have to set your team all year. Exactly. Underdog automatically sets the best lineup for you every week based on all your players. That's why it's called best ball. So whatever your best lineup would have been every week is automatically input. That's the Make score it. you get. Yeah. So try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. The largest fantasy football contest of all time is back and even bigger with $15 million. You heard that right. $15 million. Total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July. So don't wait around. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with promo code Locked On to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's underdog fantasy promo code Locked On. Okay, what are the Los Angeles Rams doing, Matt? We, we've talked about this uh, a little bit um, in the past, and I want to go to Jerry, who says, I don't understand the Rams this season. Why aren't the Rams rebuilding completely? Sure, they have the big three, but they lost all their role players. Surely it is only a matter of time before Aaron Donald is a Steeler, right? Okay, so he had to <laughs> a Steeler fan there had to throw that in. Um or at least he's just trying to tease me a little bit, you know. Is this a right exactly? Is this a mid-season sell-off to get more pieces to start the full rebuild next year, Matt? And while and they'll 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 take eight games to just see if they can still put it together with the the few stars that they have left and uh, and a pretty bleak looking roster. Aside from that, um, what what do you think the Rams are doing right here, or are they just taking their medicine and they have no choice and? They don't want to get rid of all their good players. I think they're taking their medicine. And, and real quick, I have to touch on Aaron Donald. So 
Aaron Donald's name is on the Steelers facility. It just happens to be on the pit side. And several times there's an indoor facility that they both, they, they both share, Pitt and Steelers, that I've walked from Steeler facility to my car through there and Aaron Donald's in there by himself working out. You know, he's from Pittsburgh, so I don't think he's going to be a Steeler, folks, but I think he would love that more than any team in the league. Anyway, I think when you look at dead money, it tells you so much about football teams. And the Bucks have like $75 million and the Rams have $74 million in dead money. No one else has more than $57 million. I mean, just, and what dead money is, folks, is money you're pay, paying to somebody that's not a Ram. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're not getting a snap of production out of that $75 million, but your owner wrote checks for those people for what they did in the past. Ramsey, those type of dudes, you know. And both those teams recently won Super Bowls, for good, so good for them. But I honestly believe that if somebody would have offered something for Stafford, they would have taken it in a heartbeat. I mean, at his age and at his, you know, cost and injury history, I think that you could have got Stafford off their hands easily. I don't know that Donald and Cup are the same, but the short answer is how you put it. They're taking their medicine. You have to... You know, they've got this they're in a market where they have to compete for eyeballs with not mm-hmm. only other another NFL franchise, but everything else going on in Los Angeles. And traditionally, L.A. hasn't been the greatest football town. They've lost multiple football teams. They already lost the Rams once. They lost the Raiders. Then the Raiders never came back. The Rams did. Then the Chargers showed up north just because of the stadium stuff. And that's how it worked out. Um, and so I think part of it is tanking completely before the season even starts is probably a really bad look especially yeah. for them and ownership. Right. And it's hard to get value for cup coming off an injury, right? They could have got a lot for Aaron Donald, but maybe they're just a year behind on that. And then they're going to have cap space next year. They evaluate how things go this year. If they're close enough to be like, Oh yeah. Okay. We can just supplement these guys again. And, and we're back. We're stars and scrubs just like we were before. And we want a super bowl doing it. Um, but if not, then maybe at some point, trade deadline, next offseason, you could start to trade for more picks and, and really build. But then you would have an opportunity to draft players that fans are excited about better than this year where they didn't quite have that um, the ability to. And who knows? Maybe uh, maybe you know, maybe it's the, the local kid who's playing down the road at USC, right? Caleb oh, I Williams. think that's the Maybe plan, that's yeah. the thing that's like, okay, here's the new – guy and we can build around that now we have some star power still and, and then we can get this rebuild into kick it into the next gear but uh, i think part of it is not even that they think they're going to win necessarily this year it's just blowing it up is is more difficult i think for rams ownership where they're at than maybe some other teams might have been really well said and maybe there's a fire sale if they're 0 and 3, 0 and 4, trade deadline, you know, that type of thing. And I just have a hunch. I don't know this, but I think Sean McVay sees Caleb Williams and says, I want to coach him next. I let's <laughs> let's do whatever we can to get that player. You know, like if I have to give up my first round pick that's six overall and Aaron Donald on draft day. Okay. Or, and Cooper cup. Like I'm not going to cash that chip in quite yet. I didn't make sure I get that dude or Drake may or the the quarterback two years from now, whatever. And then, then you get the buzz in LA again, you know, in a Trevor Lawrence like manner. 
And one thing I want to throw out about the Rams, and this isn't taking anything away from them or at all, it's just a fact, is Sean McVay has coached the Rams now for six full seasons. That first five years, they were clearly the most healthy team in the NFL over that five-year stretch. You probably know this, but Niners were the least healthy during that stretch, you know, and they're big rivals. Last year, it all came back to roost for the Rams. The Rams and the Broncos were easily the two most injured teams in the league last year. So he had a little bit of good fortune in, during those first five years, took advantage of it, win Super Bowl, NFC champion one year, and then last year, everything came back to roost. You know what I mean? Question here from Joey Bag Donuts, frequent tweeter into the program, says, when a player is acquired during training camp, does it take long for them to get up to speed, or are they limited until they learn the plays? And there's sort of a, a rest versus rust debate. And uh, we've seen teams recently, the Rams actually, is a perfect segue, Matt. The Rams have been a team that said, ah, we're not even going to mess with preseason. And then they kind of have a little preseason feel to the beginning of their regular season. Um, some, I think it depends on the pitch of the position quite a bit too. It's hard for a quarterback to come in and be ready in a couple weeks, mm-hmm. but you know, a pass rusher, a cornerback, you can bring a guy in and you can learn the defensive calls and have somebody tell you, Hey, you're, you know, your edge contained on this play. You're, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's a lot easier depending on the position. So that, that I would say this is a position dependent question. Yeah. And speaking of which we have a game tonight, the hall of fame oh game goodness. is tonight. And I'm not I, breaking it down for you tomorrow, folks. It's the most overrated yes, thing in sports. Yes, but I we will are, Matt. I'm changing the Chiron <laughs> in our background for uh, tomorrow's pod. I, I totally forgot that it's already Hall of Fame game time. So the season has begun. Um, it depends on the player. I mean, like this goes without saying. Like every team is shuffling the very bottom of their roster right now. These undrafted free agents or dudes that have been around the league that just want a chance. Well, they jump on a speed bullet plane. There's no acclimating them at all. They're just happy to be there. They're expected to be just don't screw it up. And they get yelled at when they do, even if they got there five minutes ago, nobody cares. And then, you know, again, I'm bringing back to personal experience, Like the Steelers just signed Quan Alexander. He's been around the league. He's had an okay career. They got him off the street. I watched him intently his first practice and he would always look at the linebacker next to him and be like, man, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) And then the guy would say, go do this, do that, you know? But now it's two days later, he looks fine out there. You know, I mean, those veterans get that stuff quick. Yeah, Quan Alexander, uh, we saw him with the 49ers too. High energy player. He's the the type of guy that's play, he'd much rather play fast wrong than play slow right. He does all the above, (laughs) for better or worse. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Exactly. Okay. Uh, Players to watch Hall of Fame game, Matt, go. Who's playing again? (laughs) Browns and. Oh, actually, I have a good one for you. He was one of my draft crushes. Fourth round defensive end out of Missouri, Isaiah Mm. McGuire for the Cleveland Browns. One of my favorites. That's there's a there's a player to watch for you in the Hall of Fame game. And uh, I have a feeling those rookies are going to get a chance to play a lot, too. Well, yes and no. Like, that's even part of the tease. Like, I'm sure McGuire McGuire will probably be a starter in this game. But he might only play a quarter. I mean, That's you're true. never going to so see Miles Garrett. You're never going to see any of those guys at yeah, all. Yeah, the second That's team guys are the starters. They get starter oh. treatment, so then you really go straight to uh, third team. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, this is great. They're in pads against two different teams. It's tremendous. But it's the biggest tease in all of sports. All of us, two series in, will be like, this is bad. <laughs> <laughs> but it's football and football. It's football. Fantastic. Right, right, right. <laughs> all right. Uh, Matt Williamson's. Complete breakdown of the Hall of Fame game tomorrow. Probably, yes. probably, Start to finish. 
thanks for making us your first listen. Make sure you are subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. Matt and I will be back tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson. <laughs>